Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for being here. God is such a good God. All that he does and all that he allows, amen, for us in our lives, amen. Yet, even when we mess up, he's still there. Even when we fall short, he's still there. He's still making a way, amen. I just thank God we bless our guests that are with us this morning, amen. Thank God, Sister Elizabeth's, amen, family members are here with her, Bishop from Kenya, amen, Gabriel, Kamal, correct, amen, and also, amen, we thank God for you being here, man of God, amen, traveled a long way, amen, to come and in, to be in our presence, amen, and then the aunt, or Miss Kamaji, auntie, auntie, okay, God, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I got it right, okay. Amen. Auntie, well, we're glad to have you here with us as well. Amen. I guess back here, praise God for you coming. Amen. And we thank God for uh, the Mosses, correct? Amen. That have come to be with us this morning. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and get ready shortly to release our children to their class. But I want to also make note, we got an anniversary coming up this, this week on Wednesday. 20 years. You know, that's right, that's right. Y'all should be clapping because in these days and times, uh, you don't see a lot of marriages making it to the 20-year mark. It's sad because, you know, a few years ago, me and Pastor Linda ran into several people that as they hit the 20-year mark, they were thrown in the towel. I'm like, you come this far, with you, you going to start over again? <laughs> amen. But we thank God. Amen. I, I see the one. Where the other Where the other half? Where the, where the other half? The better half. You know how we say let me see in the back, back there, amen. Well, we thank God for 20 years. Go ahead, stand up, you know, a hardened, amen. Make God, God bless them. So make sure, amen, Let's make sure, you know, you give them a hug, shake their hand, acknowledge Taisha. She's steady working. She's over on the other side getting things ready for our classes, amen. But, you know, just let's celebrate that 20 years with them on Wednesday, amen. But it's a, it's a milestone. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God. Let me do it real quick. How many we got in here? Just by a show of hands, that's over 20 years. See, see, look at that. Look at that. God, God is good. We got, we got, we got some approaching 20 years. Amen. Now I'm, I'm, I'm about to blow y'all socks off here, right, right, right quick. Amen. How many in here over 60 years? <laughs> Come on, all right, there you go. <laughs> Amen. See, just see, see. So next, next, ne- next time you had that falling out with your spouse, <laughs> next time he or she is getting on your nerves, just tell, look, look him in the eye and say, "We can do this." <laughs> Hallelujah, huh? Over sixty here too. Amen. We got to. I, I missed them. Praise God. No, wait a minute. Let me, let me make sure I got that right. Over 60 years matter. 
Y'all don't even look like you could make no 60 years married. <laughs> Praise to God. Amen. Y'all, y'all look too young to be talking about 60 years. <laughs> huh? Well, yeah, they want you to stand up. Amen. They, 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 they. Come on. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Why, why are you standing, Bishop? Would you want to have a few words? Just come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. Come all the way, all the way from Kenya. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man of God, man of God. God bless you. Glad to have you in the house. Thank you. Man. Thank you. Man. Yes. I just want to say I'm so delighted to be here this morning. I love Jesus so much because he loved me so much. He died for me. Even a sweet son, just for me. Just for me. He died for me. All right. It's because of that grace. Come on. I have been in this walk now for 39 years with Jesus. Come on. And I've seen his faithfulness. He has seen me through. He has fought many battles for me. All right. And my desire has been to follow him and do his will. My main desire is to learn from him as I follow him. All right. There is so much that I still need to know from him. Because there is no end to this walk. It's a daily walk. And this is what I have learned since I followed Jesus. I'm learning many things, but I still feel like Apostle Paul. I have not arrived. All right, all right. I have not arrived. There is no arrival. Come on. There are a lot of battles. My flesh is a challenge sometimes when I want to please the master. Come on. When I want to do his will, there are things in my life that confront and hinders me. Yeah. But every time when I come to the cross and surrender, Mm. I've seen the faithfulness of the Lord. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I've been in this ministry now for quite some time. Over that five years as a pastor and climbed the lander. I'm a missionary traveling to many nations of the world. And the same Jesus who is here is the same Jesus in Africa. And because of the love of Christ, Come on. wherever I am, yeah. I feel at home between my brothers and yeah. my sisters. Yeah. Because the blood of Jesus has brought us together, has made us one, has broken the walls yeah. and the barriers. So we are one in Come. the Lord. And that is my joy. I feel comfortable in my, you know, among my brethren. Because we are one. And we have the same father. Amen. The same brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our elder brother. And that is the one we are trying to imitate. As we follow him day by day, we want to live like him, be like him yes. in everything we do. Yes. So may God bless you. I've been here. I will be here shortly. I'm believing on Wednesday. I came purposely from Kenya to come and bury my spiritual leader, Apostle Aridas. Okay. I have been under his ministry 30 years. 30 years. The Lord called him about a month ago. So I came to Virginia just to bury him. And then I'll be ba- going back on Wednesday. Oh, but I decided to come and see my sister there. That's my twin sister. The aunt of Elizabeth. Amen. She lives here. And so we decided to come together and say hi to Elizabeth. Amen. With our cousin. Amen. So may the Lord God bless you. Amen. You can give me greetings to take back to Kenya when I go back. Amen. May the Lord God bless you. I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
My, my father or five girls. Just get this one. A father or five girls. Wow. A grandfather or five grandsons. Can you explain those? Turn that thing around. <laughs> Good. Amen. So may the Lord God bless you. Amen. I'm so blessed. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Great to meet you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Got a chance to hear from our brother from another mother and from another country. Oh, amen. So we'll go ahead and release our, our children to their classes, amen, and get ready to jump into the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anybody excited this morning? He's doing great things. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. been a very busy week. <laughs> a lot of things going on. But even even as, as Sister Kyle was, you know, sharing about, you know, the men and all the things that, you know, we've been pressing in to get through our resolutions, amen, commitments, amen, coming on Wednesday, Saturday evenings and going through the material. And I'll tell you what, we barely scratched the surface. I'm just telling you, we, we barely scratched the surface on what we have endeavored into. Amen. We've completed last night was the eighth session of the eight sessions. And on, as she said, you know, next Saturday we will be doing our resolution ceremony, signing, amen, the commitment to walk it out. But we are not done. Amen. We are still going to continue to dig into this material, just praying on how we're going to fashion that. We'll be going back to our race. Regular men's Bible study times, amen. But we're going to continue to dig into this material because, you know, there's just so, so much that we are able to glean as we, you know, just took a couple hours a week to talk about, you know, the time to pray and to share one with another. Man, and God, I believe God is doing the work in these men. Hallelujah. I'm glad that Joan on board and, and committed to do this together. Because it's something that we all can learn, amen. I learn, amen, as I come in contact with other men, as I receive from them, as we, we you know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, amen. And we, 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 we making some sparks fly around here, amen. Because uh, I, I want to I be sharpened. I, I'm like the bishop, amen. I, am, I haven't arrived yet, amen. Well, I'm still on the journey, and I'm glad to be on the journey. Man, we're calling men to the forefront. We're calling men to rise up, amen, and stop leading from the rear and start leading from the front, amen. We're talking about frontline leadership, amen, standing up, amen, being, being visible in God's kingdom, being visible in the church, coming off the fringes, amen, and taking position that he wants us to take, amen. I, I, I see it happening, amen, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what God is doing, amen, but we're going to continue, amen, into our course that we've been on for the last couple 
sessions that I've been able to speak unto you. Amen. And we're still going to continue to talk about who's in charge. Amen. Hallelujah. Recognizing the fact that we are triune beings. Amen. Body, soul, and spirit. Amen. And understanding that the three work together, but at the same time, only one can be in charge. Amen. And last week we spent quite a bit of time dealing with the body. Amen. You know, that, that, that part that we see, that part that, that we, we pamper, and the part that oftentimes, more often than it should, has risen up to be in charge. Amen. When actually we find out when we look at the outline of how God designed us as a spirit being who lives in a body and has a soul, amen, we find out that we've let the, the body run things. When actually the spirit man is supposed to be in charge. Amen. The spirit, as we put it, says the spirit is supposed to be the king. And the mind that we're going to dig into some today, and I said some because there's so much in the way we're going to be able to kill it all in one shot. Amen. But we're going to deal with that mind, amen, that soul, soul area, amen. But that's supposed to be the servants of the spirit. Whatever the spirit is directing, the body, the mind, the, the soul is supposed to serve the spirit man. And then the body itself becomes the slave to the mind or the soul to do whatever the soul is saying. This, we're not going to see. We have got it out of order. And he's here to help us. He set instruction to help us to to get it back in order so that we can be able to operate and function like God intended for us to operate here on planet Earth, amen, as we occupy this Earth suit, amen, that we're in. So we're going to continue this journey, amen. But, you know, like I said, we spent quite a bit of time dealing with the, the body and demonstrating that. But this, this, if I could just take the liberty to make a couple final assertions about this body, about your body, amen. But first of all, I didn't touch on it before, but your body does not know how to live. You can wrap your mind around it. Your body don't know how to live. All your body is, has is a bunch of desires, amen. And the second thing is your body has no wisdom, no conscience. That's the mind. Your body don't have a conscience. That's why it don't mind. See, your body is blind to all those things. Your body just knows what it desires and what it wants so much so that your body, amen, because it has no wisdom, will indulge itself in its desires to the destruction of itself. Hello? You know them desires that eat you up, amen, desires that cause you to get sick, desires that cause you to, you know, get to the point, amen, to where now we have destroyed our own body trying to fulfill the desires. The, the, the body has desired. See, see, I don't know about y'all, but I, I, I thank God for the understanding, amen, that my body can't be in control, amen, because my body would desire things that it ain't supposed to have to the point that it would bring destruction to my marriage. It would bring destruction, amen, to all types of relationships. See, your body don't see no wedding ring. Hello. It just know what it wants. Uh, it, 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 it don't have no boundaries. It's not wise enough to know if we go there, we're about to mess up our good thing, our marriage. It, it, it don't have enough sense to understand. And if your mind is letting your body be in charge, that's when you find yourself in trouble. Then you begin to wonder, how did I get here? 
because you let your body tell you what to do. You fulfilled the desires of the body and the lust of the body in spite of what the mind knew. Why? Because you got used to letting the body be in charge. I never meant to do that. I don't know how it happened. Because you yielded to the wrong thing. Hallelujah. So that body, amen, is something that is supposed to be used to serve God. God, remember we talked about the fact that God loves your body. God wants your body strong. Amen. God is not trying to destroy your body. But he wants us to know how to control our body. Amen. Because he wants to be able to operate and function through your body for the kingdom and kingdom purposes. That's why he put us here. Amen. So that now we can be able to allow him to flow through us. Amen. So don't let your body rule. Just tell somebody, don't let your body rule. No, 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 no. It'll mess you up every time. It don't have no sense. It's just got feelings. There's a big difference between feelings and sense. Amen. It just know what it desires. Amen. It, it, it wants to be pampered. And we got to say, not so. It's not going to happen. Hallelujah. But now in preparation to deal with the soul. Ah, my goodness. We all got a soul. Amen. And that soul, amen. I must caution you, amen. Some of the things we're going to deal with about this soul, amen, is, is going to be challenging. So much so that I, 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 wrote, I wrote this caution. You say, I caution you, amen, to try to listen with your spirit. Because as we talk about the issues and the propensities of the soul, of your mind, which encompasses five different areas, those things will try to block you from hearing so that it don't be exposed. But we're going to expose some of those things, amen, so that so you got to hear in your spirit, man, so that your, your feelings don't get in the way. But some things that we're going to talk about over these next few weeks, amen, we're going to we're going we're gonna to tiptoe and step on some feelings and emotions and all those things, amen. Why? Because they too, amen, if we don't use them properly, will derail us from being able to be used by God. Remember, God gave us the body. He gave us the soul, amen, and he created us as a spirit. So he's, he's happy with all of it, and he wants all of it to be used for his glory. Remember we read that before? Mighty both body, soul, and spirit, all that belongs to God. He didn't give us something he can't use. But if we don't know how to yield to him, we'll misuse, amen. Like I've said it before so many times, amen. We, we go and buy all these electronic products, amen, and we don't read the owner's manual. So, therefore, we don't get the full use out of it or we use it any kind of way we want to, amen. And then down the road, after we find out or we might run into somebody else who's getting more benefit out of the same thing you got, well, how'd you do that? Well, I read the manual. I, I venture to say some of us driving fancy cars and we don't even know half the features in them. Hello. Because we haven't taken the time out to read the manual. We just get from point A to point B. God, God gave you your body, amen, and your soul and your spirit to get you from more than point A to point B. But if we don't know how to use it, we're just going to be riding. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be traveling just like we're still traveling in a hoopty. Amen, and we, we don't want to be in no hoopty, isn't that right? So as we look at this, the first thing that we need to recognize, amen, is that your soul has five different areas that we're going to talk about. 
five primary areas. And those areas are, have, you know, have always been and still remain the primary way that the adversary, the devil, and his imps, amen, come to tempt your flesh. Amen. Through these areas that we're going to identify, amen, and the first one is your emotions. It's a gateway for the enemy to come right on in if we don't know how to manage our emotions. That is, then our intellect, you know, our reasoning, you know, all those things, that's a part of your soul. Then the other area is our memory. Ah, uh, ah, uh, he likes that one. And then number four is the imagination. You ever imagine something that wasn't true? Just imagine. Huh? Imagine something you ain't got no business imagining? Hello? And the final one, amen, uh, the final part that we're going to deal with, we won't get to all these today, so don't worry. Amen. But the final area is the will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your will. God gave us a will. Yes, he did. You know, it's amazing. You know, if you ever hear in the last few Bible studies that we had dealing with that will, I'm just going to say this and move on. But, but he gave us a will to see if we will give it back to him. Huh? Huh? Because a surrendered will, amen, is what it takes to serve God. Amen? But see, a lot of us, we ain't about to give up our will. I said I was going to leave it alone. Amen. That's number five. But in these areas, amen, like I said, it's the primary way that the enemy likes to come in, amen, and take control of you and I, amen, and allow him, you know, to be able to come in if we don't understand how to properly manage our soul, our emotions, our, you know, when I talk about our emotions, that's your feelings, amen, and and, and so your emotions and your feelings, those things that cause you to react and to respond, based on external circumstances most often, amen, and also internal stuff that, that, that stir up our emotions based on some of the other parts of our soul. But I want you to understand this, that our emotions are, are probably the biggest part of our soul, amen. It's the loudest part. It's the part that speaks. It's most verbal, but it's not really the strongest. You know, I, oftentimes we squeaky wheel, get the grease. You know, the, 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 the emotions, amen. So now how many of us have ever had an emotional outburst or seen someone that has? Uh, amen. We allow our emotions to say this and to say that, amen. So we got to get this emotion thing under control, amen. They, they stir us up and the emotions are so loud and, and, and so demonstrative that they can actually override the other parts of your, your soul, and they shouldn't be allowed to do so. You know, and what do you mean, how they override? Now, there's times we got emotional and said and did something that, you know, we our intellect knew better. And we actually stopped and thought about it, or someone told us don't do that because the intellect said you're right, but the way I feel right now is what is going to drive me. You don't, you don't know what I'm feeling. You know, so we, we step into the feelings of anger or the feelings of passion, even when intellect says, don't go there. See, so that's a big part of our, 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 our soul, amen. And notice this, that God is the one that gave us our emotions. He gave us, you know, our soul and every part of it, 
so we need to figure out, okay, God, you gave us all this. What am I going to do with it? He, he gave me these emotions. I'm just going to use them. Okay, that's good, but you don't want to let them use you. You don't want to let them run rampant in your life and in every situation or circumstance. So we need to corral these feelings, corral these emotions, amen, so that we can be able to use them in the right way. Then we can control them and we can use them for the glory of God. Everything he gave us, amen, was intended to be used for his glory, amen, and not our own protection or edification or power or any of those things, amen. We yield to God everything that we are and everything that we have, everything that we, he's given us, therefore he gets the glory out of our lives. Don't you want God to get the glory out of your life? Amen. amen. We know God ain't got no glory the last time you blew up on somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at nobody in particular, you know, So, but that last time you blew up on somebody, God didn't get no, that was just man warning, you know, I, I think it was Bishop Jake say, warning, warning, man out of control. Huh? Amen. Sometimes we just find ourselves out of control, amen, because we don't know how to control these things, and we think we're acting naturally, amen, and you are because you're not being spiritual. He wants us to learn how to function spiritually. We constantly, I'm constantly talking about learning how to walk in the spirit, to function and flow in the spirit, so that now this, this earth suit and these feelings, amen, do not control who I am. And who you are. Man, you say, bro, this just sounds too difficult. Because I know we've all been emotional. Amen. In one way or the other. We all have feelings and we've been overwhelmed by feelings at times. Amen. But that doesn't mean we can't control those things. You know, I think about one passage that said, be angry and what? See, y'all know. In other words, that passage right there say, even when you're mad, you got a choice. Huh? How many of us ever pushed past that choice? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Because you know. You know. And then after you thought about it later, you're like, God, I'm sorry. You know, I know I should have went there. I should have did this or that. But see, that lets us know there's a difference between the two. And we got to get to the place that we're not operating according to those things, amen, that, that holler and scream and want to be out loud, amen. So we want to learn how to close the door to the enemy when it comes to our soul and our feelings and our emotions. I am just want to deal with this. That's probably all I'm going to get to deal with today is just this one, amen. But we want to close the door to the enemy and open the door to the spirit. Say, Lord, what you want me to do with these emotions? How can I function with these emotions? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3. I mean, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3. Hallelujah. And it says this, For if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom, verse number 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds, look what he said. Uh, in other words, he's dealing with the mind, the, that, that final battlefield. Amen. Once we understand where the body belongs, we've got to learn how to engage the battle of the mind. Amen. But he's blinded the minds of them which believe not less the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. Yes, he's talking about, you know, those that are lost, amen, them eyes have been blinded to the gospel. That's where we all started. 
But somehow, through somebody's prayer, somebody's, you know, talking to us and encouraging us and not letting go. I remember some of y'all know, amen, Pastor McGee, amen, through his relentlessly pursuing me, amen, I finally yielded, amen, the light of the gospel got in. Past all the blindness of my mind, of my drinking and my doing all the things I was doing, he relentlessly pursued me, and the light of the gospel got in past the blindness that the enemy had brought upon me, amen, and the rest is history. But all the light didn't come in at once. Hello. You had to open the door gradually, amen, had to, you know, learn how to get some stuff under control, amen, and all those things. But finally the gospel got in. Say, thank God the gospel got in. I hope y'all glad that I'm saved. Huh? I'm glad you're here. But when we stop and think about, now this is where we were, but even after we get there, like I said, I didn't get it all at once. But now as we allow the gospel to come in, the truth to begin to trickle into our lives, we still have a lot to learn about how to get our life in order, how to get ourselves in order, amen, so that now we can shut down all the devices of the enemy. And it's sad to say that many Christians throughout the world have never even taken the time to get it in order. They just got the gospel in and they still struggle. Why am I still struggling with this? Why am I still having this issue and this problem? It's because we never got it in order. So, so we're still struggling with the same old things and the same old propensities. Why? Because we have not learned how to get our body. As the Apostle Paul said, I keep my body under. He learned how to bring his body under subjection to the spirit. But if we don't know how to do that, the body's going to continue to rule us. I don't care how, how often you come to church. I don't care how often and how many scriptures you memorize. Amen. If we don't learn through the spirit to get the body under control, we're going to continue to have a battle. And I know that there's those in here that know what I'm talking about. Because we all got our own battles. Isn't that right? So we want to, you know, step into a place that we can get the understanding that he wants us to get. You know, so at least we know how to, you know, use this. I mean, how we know how to engage the battlefield of our mind. That's where the enemy comes. He tells us, you know, to, to what? We need to renew our minds. Amen. Get rid of all the garbage and all the blindness that the enemy has brought upon us so that the gospel can shine in every corner, every crack. You know, you know how you met people in your house, but you only let them in so far? Hello. Y'all don't want to go there with me, huh? You do not let guests in your house, amen. Some of them you've known for years. They ain't never seen your bedroom. Huh? They ain't never, they ain't never been invited into the family room. You, know, you, you get them in the living room, and, you know, you make sure you got the guest bathroom ready for them. And that's it. As far as you're going to go. Because huh? the rest of this is private. You know, you ain't none of your business. You know, but why am, I, why am I going down this road? Because that's how we do God. We let him in so far. The rest of my life is private. I don't, I don't, I don't want the gospel to affect this part. This is, ain't none of your business right here. You know, but see, we need to give him full access to our lives. Full access to every thought. You know, you talk about bringing every thought under what? The captivity of Christ. Amen. See, that, that's talking about your mind again. Go to 2 Corinthians 10. You're already in 2nd. Just skip over a few pages there. Amen. 
See, but as we learn how to bring all these things into alignment, we'll be in better shape. Look at the third through the sixth verse with me. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In other words, we're not any longer operating according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Where are strongholds found? In your mind. Amen. The enemy puts those strongholds in our mind so he can keep us captive to things that are not pleasing to God, that are not bringing honor to God, those strongholds. Amen. Maybe, you know, it's not something bad, but if it's a stronghold, if not, God's not getting the glory out of it. I got news for you. It's a stronghold. Amen. I told you it's going to challenge you. Ain't nothing wrong with doing this. How's God getting glory out of it? See, we're, we're here to bring him glory. Amen. But he said, the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So if it's rising up against the knowledge of God, see, we got to bring all those things down. We got to cast them down, amen, and bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ, every thought. So when, when, when you think, and I say, it didn't say just the thoughts about the Bible. Or thoughts about church, or thoughts about the friends that you like. But it's that every thought under the obedience of Christ. So when the thought comes, amen, is that thought lining up with God's word? Is it lining up with his will? Is it lining up with his spirit? If it's not, guess what? It needs to be cast down. Or it needs to be brought in obedience. No, that's not what God said about my sister. That's not what God said about my brother. Let's line this thought up right now. Amen. That they are a child of God. Amen. And they're my brother, my sister in Christ. That, you know, bringing those thoughts into alignment. Bring them into the captivity. Amen. Because sometimes we let the enemy come. He playing in your mind. Yeah, she did that on purpose. Mm-hmm, she sure did. It ain't the first time either. And we just go on and have a conversation with the enemy. Instead of capturing that thought and bringing it unto obedience, here we are. Why? Because now we done got used to our mind, amen, and the enemy coming in our mind and having a playground. And we got to say, hold it. That's my husband. Who, how are you going to talk to him about? He's a man of God. Huh? He's under construction. Leave him alone. Huh? But no, no, you lazy rascal. He's joking. He ain't never going to change anyway. You know, we, 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 have, we have them conversations. Every thought. I'm trying to help somebody here. Because uh, I know it's in the house. Every thought, see, this, see we, we got to come into obedience to the word of God. If we want to have victory, we got to begin to speak victoriously. Life and death is where? Come on, it's in the power of the tongue. So we speak in death and we get death, stop being surprised. Huh? And when life comes, because you're speaking life, just say thank you, Jesus. But, but look what the sixth verse said. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, when you, when you get it into alignment now, when disobedience, when, when things that don't line up come, you're ready to revenge. You're ready to deal with it. Huh? Because you, you, you've got some obedience operating in you. So when disobedience comes to you, when it shows up through your, your friend or your child or whoever, Amen. Uh, the enemy tries to introduce it back into your mind. You know, hold it. I ain't receiving that. How many things, how many issues, how many struggles 
could we have avoided in our lives over the years if we had just stopped the enemy in his, in his tracks and said, I'm not receiving that. Instead of just receiving it and taking the offense. Uh, anybody here want to talk to me today? Huh? See, see, we, see, we receive things, but if we understand what the word says, you have a defense. Amen. And that, that defense of the gospel can protect you, amen, instead of allowing you to lay prey to every negative thing that he wants to bring in your mind. Even when he's talking about you to you. Huh? Come on, somebody. He be telling you you ain't no good. You ain't, you ain't never going to be nothing. I see you just messed up again, you dummy. And we like, oh, well. And we reached and said, hold it. I'm a child of God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, he ain't through with me yet. Uh, he's still working on me. He's still building me. He's still strengthening me. And, 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 and letting the enemy know that the Bible tells me that you're a liar. Why would I listen to you anyway? Huh? You're a father. You're a liar and a father of a liar. Well, why do we listen to a liar and then we, we, we try to take the, make the lie become truth in our lives? can't do that or we let me say this we shouldn't do that and God wants us to be wise enough not to do that God didn't make no junk when he made me when he made you he didn't make no junk huh he has a plan and a purpose he lets us know in Jeremiah I know the thoughts that I have concerning you thoughts of good and not evil amen he said an expected end God already had your 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 finish in mind and still does but see, if we don't win the battle in our mind, amen, we're going to let the enemy take us over, amen, and say, no, uh-uh. We are rising up. We're going to get this thing under control. I like how, you know, my, my, my pastor friend, Pastor Reed, say, you got this behavior thing under control. Amen. But so we got to get the behavior of this body, amen, the behavior of the mind, our emotions, Amen, that want to holler and scream, amen. You know, go, go to one, one of my pastors. I like this passage, amen, in Luke 21, 19. Hallelujah. So your soul is the place that we do a whole lot of war. Amen. And we got to get control of our soul. He, can't, God, he didn't come to save our bodies. You know, and it wasn't about the spirit, but he came to save your soul. Hallelujah. To get it in order, to get it in alignment, amen, so that now we can be able to use all the parts of our soul to glorify God. What does it say here? In, the, in your patience, possess ye your soul. It, notice, it didn't say in your hastiness. Hallelujah. Because oftentimes we, 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 we have lost control or the hold on our soul by being hasty making quick decisions based on what we feel, based on, you know, I'm, I'm going to touch on one of the other ones real quick, on, on what happened to you in the past, your memory. Huh? Amen. And then, then we add another part in there. We be, begin to imagine what could happen, even though it ain't happened yet. You know, and, and the enemy ha- likes to play all these scenarios, so now we step out and do something that's not God. Because we got all these other things going on in our mind. Rather than hold it, every thought under the obedience of Christ right now. Huh? Who's in charge of my life? Overall, he is. Who do I trust? Who's my confidence in? Not me, God. 
you know, we step back, but see if we, that's why he said in your patience, you have control, you have possession of your soul. But if we become impatient, it's another story altogether. And we got to check ourselves. Go to Matthew 16. Hallelujah. Because the truth is this, if we can't get a control of our soul, it's going to be real hard for the Lord to really be able to come in and operate through us. Because we have conflicting interests. Amen. If we don't get the soul submitted to our spirit man, there's going to be a, a constant conflicting of interest. Amen. Because remember, the soul, the mind, amen, is there to fulfill the directions and guidance of the spirit man. Is there to give commands to the body and say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going we're gonna to fast on Wednesday. Or maybe we're going to fast all week. Now, you know the body don't want to hear that. Hello? Right now, your mind don't even want to hear that. Huh? But your spirit man is ready to receive that. Huh? Why? Because he knows that by, by bringing your body under subjection and getting your mind lined up enough to tell your body, no, we're making progress towards spiritual things but when your body can say i don't care what you say i don't care what the words say i don't care what the apostles say we're not fasting hello then we know who's in charge see, see? but when the spirit man locks in and says, i see down the road some benefits some spiritual benefits and some strength, amen, in bringing this body and this mind, renewing my mind so I can bring my body in subjection, we're going to tell the body, no, you've been indulging too much anyway. Hello? So, 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 we, so we cut some of those things. See, I'm trying to help us this morning. Matthew 16 and 26. We're talking about possessing the soul in Luke, okay? But here he said, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Uh, yeah, we, we, there's a lot of things that we can gain and we can do, amen. We can, we can become prominent, amen. We can have our name and lights, amen. We can have the fat bank account and, the, you know, the, the, the fly ride. And we can we do all that stuff. But if our soul is lost, None of it matters. Not at all. But if we can get the soul in control, amen, then God can get the glory from all the rest. Amen. So, he, you know, he said, you know, what, what, what in the world is more important than the possession of your soul for the glory of God? What is more important, amen? What, what, what would you, you know, we, we see, I'm sure some of us have seen movies, amen, where, where the individual in there, they... They sold their soul to the enemy. Guess what? That don't just happen in the movies. And it don't just happen because you had a face-to-face -face encounter with some demon. Sometimes we just make the decision all by ourselves. Can I say that again? Sometimes we just make the decision all by ourselves. I want this. Amen. So I'll sacrifice my soul. Huh? My knowledge of God and my understanding, amen, and the truth that my intellect says this is not, I'll, I'll sell it out. Just like Esau did. 
for a morsel of meat. We'll sell it out. And we got to check ourselves. Say, no, that's not God's will for your life. That's not God's will for any one of us. Amen. But he wants us to walk in a way, amen, that, hallelujah, our soul is more important to us than anything else. That, and uh, that relationship with God. Because, you know, Jesus didn't die on the cross just so your soul could be lost. If he valued it enough to go to the cross, how much do we value it? To tell our body, no, I'm not asking you to drive a stake through your hand. You know, I'm, not, I'm just asking you to sometimes just to tell that body, no. Can we form our mouths like that? You know, just, just the thought in your mind. Sometimes we just need to think it. No, not so. I'm not, I'm not receiving that. Say, well, 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 Pastor, that just sounds so, so hard. How can anybody operate like that? You know, if we can get to a point to where we got our soul functioning like it's supposed to function, Amen. There's nothing is going to knock you off course. Uh, let's, look, let's look at Jesus came. He was a great example. He was a perfect example for us. Isn't that right? Amen. He walked, amen, in complete control of body, soul, and spirit. Complete control. There's no time that you can see Jesus was out of control. Amen. He had, he had peace in the middle of a raging mobs. Huh? He was able to sleep when the storm was going on all around the ship. He was at peace because, you know, he wasn't worried about that. Uh, he, didn't let it, he didn't get a motion, oh, we're going to die. No. He didn't go down that road, okay? He didn't allow those in. He never worried or doubted about anything. And I see some of us, amen, we, we doubt, amen, we lay hands and, and just we... Praying for a headache. We doubt if it's going to go away. But look how boldly Jesus walked up to the tomb of Lazarus. Huh? Man, dead for four days. Even the folks there say he stinked by now. This is Moody Stone. There was no doubt. There was no worry what was going to happen. Moody Stone. And he only said at one time, Lazarus, come forth. Think something happened? Oh, yeah. Why? Because he was allowing the spirit. He was operating in the spirit. He wasn't letting any doubt, any unbelief, any of those things. And, and we have the same ability and power, amen, when we get all our doubt and our unbelief, when we follow the example that Jesus set before us, amen, to walk this thing out, amen, he, he, he was able to control every situation, amen. He never failed in any actions or any words. And I know I, I'm already sensing someone say, well, but Jesus was, he was out of control once. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Y'all think he was out of control, don't y'all? Uh, you remember when he went to the temple and he started flipping over tables and, and beating people out the temple? And he, he was, wasn't he out of control then? He was angry. And, was he out of control? Let me, let me, let me show you something. Let me, See, see, I, I, I wasn't going to go here, but hallelujah. But, but we need to understand that Jesus was never out of control. Uh, he, he moved, I mean, he, he, he couldn't be manipulated by people. As many times as they tried to come to him, amen, and trap him, amen, and, and try to be wise, he just kind of sit back and said, hmm, okay. Uh, well, well, the scripture says this woman's supposed to be stoned. What do you say? 
Mm. He just riding on the ground. Huh? Wasn't feeling no pressure from the crowd. And then he just looks up at him and says, well, let he who without sin cast first stone. Then he just went right back to writing whatever he was writing. Wasn't a bit more worried about them. They couldn't manipulate him to give an answer. Amen. They tried to trap him so many times, but it could not work because he was in control. Amen. And if we learn how to live in that kind of control, people can't manipulate us. They can't. They can't get you off track. They can't make you angry. Huh? See. Hello. They can't make you feel less than we, I mean, I'm talking about when we get that kind of control operating in, in our lives, amen. Why? Because we know that this soul is not the boss of me. This body is not the boss of me. My soul, amen, is the servant of my spirit, man, amen. The body is the slave of my mind. See, so if we just really get it in order, we won't be tossed to and fro by everything that comes our way. Hallelujah. I thank God for Jesus. Huh? I say I thank God for you. He was never gripped with fear. How many of us ever been gripped with fear? Huh? The only time you seen Jesus cry out to the Father was when? On the cross. On the cross. And that's after the Spirit had ascended. First time that body was ever disconnected from the Spirit. And even then he said, Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Because then I, I think Jesus, even though I can't do it without you. That body knew I can't do it without the Spirit. Amen. So he, but in other words, he was never in a place, amen, to where he lost control of everything that was going on around him or anything that was going on around him. But even when he was dealing with them in the temple, you look at that passage and say, he, he came in, he looked around, he assessed the situation. Then he calmly began to make up the cords. Huh? Calmly, because he was out of control. He's like, hey, I know what I need to do because they are defiling my father's house. I'm about to set things in order. Huh? He didn't just run in there and just flip out. Huh? But he calmly made the, you know, the, the whip that he was going to use to drive him out of there. He had a plan. And he executed his plan. Amen. But he was definitely not out of control. He was well within his rights. Amen. To bring order into his father's house that they were making into a den of thieves. Amen. And that's, that's not, amen, being out of control, but that's knowing exactly who you are and what you're supposed to do. Hallelujah. So the situations and times, amen, when we got to walk in authority, that don't mean you're out of control. Uh, but, you know, I, I know Jesus was completely led by the Spirit. Now, you and I, amen, we can't do something crazy and say what the Lord told me to. Hello? No, 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 no. And the Lord didn't tell you to slap that person. He, didn't tell you that. He, he, he did not tell you that, amen. That you, you slipped over there. You was out of control. Huh? Then let's go over to John 2. Hallelujah. getting anything hallelujah thank you Jesus 213 I wrote this down because I, I, I sensed 
house and have to go here. Amen? Let's start at the 12th verse. It says, and after this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples. And they continued there not many days. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he took the time to make it, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. And he said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. But then look what his disciples said in the 17th verse. They didn't get it quite yet either. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. Hallelujah. So we begin to understand, amen, that he knew what he was doing. He took the time to do it. He wasn't out of control, but he was setting things in order. And this time, you've got to set things in order in the house of God. This time, you've got to set things in order in your house. Uh, does that mean you're out of control? No, that means you're taking control. Now, you're lining it up with the will and the word and the purposes of God. Amen. And we, and we can't, you know, sit back and say, no. But when it comes down to this emotion and these feelings and all these things, amen, that we, we find ourselves struggling with, Amen. We we got to get it right with God. We got to get it lined up according to His plan and His purposes. Amen. Let me get back to my my notes here. Hallelujah. That, that's not the one I want either. There we go. So all these things. If Jesus could do it, why can't we? Well, I'm not God. Is that what we think? That we're not him? But I think we're operating by the same spirit. Huh? You know, he said that he would come and dwell with us and be in us. Amen. So we got the same power available to us. Man, but we just got to get to a place that we understand what we have. That we don't have to be controlled by these things. Oh, my goodness. Go to the 14th chapter of John with me. See, Jesus gave no room to the enemy. This is the place that we fall short until we get it and we recapture it. Amen. John 14 and 30. Because he was talking to them about the comforter. He's telling them that the comforter would come. And the comforter, you know, for us that we might have. What, what is the comforter? He's talking about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Coming to dwell with us and be in us and all those things. But in, in the 30th verse, he said this, Hereafter I, I will not talk much with you, because he's getting ready to be ascended up. But then he said this, For the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. He ain't got nothing in you. He ain't got nowhere in Jesus that he could hang his hat. He ain't got nothing in his spirit, man. He ain't got no room to move in him, no place no, no insecurity, amen, no, no hurts, no envy, no anger, 
that the enemy could use as an entryway into him that he could cause him to fall short in sin. He's got nothing in him. And the scripture warns us, amen, in the same manner that we can't give no place to the enemy. And see, this is the portholes. This is the ways that he likes to come in when we open those doors, amen, and when we allow him to be able to come in. But look, go to Ephesians 3. Mm. I'm sorry, 1, verse 3. We got my attention first. And it says this, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Amen. What, what is, do you think the Holy Spirit, the Comfort, is a spiritual blessing? I believe it is. Something that comes to empower me to be able to do and to stand in situations where I can't on my own. Uh, amen. To be able to, to fight the good fight. Amen. The Apostle Paul, amen, instructed the Ephesians, and this instruction should be coming to us as well, amen, in, in chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse 25 to 27. Mm. It said, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth to his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Hello. And look what he says. He quoted it earlier. He said, be angry. Be ye angry. Can't we just stop right there? Huh? No, there's a, there's a comma, so we got to keep going. Right? And sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. But then the 27th verse. Neither give place to the devil. So as he said, when, we ang- when we're angry, when we're operating in our emotions, we're operating in those places, what are we really doing? We're giving him a place to come in. We're giving him a place, amen, to come and to set up his little camp in our house. Some of this house, amen. He, he comes to set up camp, amen, in our mind. So now, wow, we've given him place, you know, oh, anger is my door in. Envy is my door in. You know, all these things, they're my door in. So we got to close those doors so he can't come in and set up his little playground in your mind and start dealing with it. And the more you recognize those things that are not of God, remember we keep on talking about, amen, is, uh, is my conversation, is my living, is everything I'm doing producing the fruit of the Spirit, or is it producing things of the world? Amen. If they're producing that, we kick those things out. We tear down that tent. We tear down this tent. We get rid of this one. And we clean up our minds, amen, so the enemy don't have no room, no place, no more, no more room in our mind to operate. And now we can open up the door for the Lord to come in. Now I want the Holy Spirit to come up and take take camp. I want the Holy Spirit to come in. You know what it said? How the enemy, when the enemy is kicked out, when the devil's cast out, he goes wrong where he might go, and he finds nowhere to go, so he comes right back. And he comes right back to that house. And he's found, hey, it's still, it's still empty. Well, they kicked me out, but they haven't invited the Lord in yet. Well, I'm going to move back in. And guess what? I'm going to bring seven more with me. He sends out an email. He gets on Twitter. And he calls all his friends and says, come on, it's more room for me too. 
Next thing you know, it said the, the next, the last state of that man is worse than the first. Why? Because we didn't fill that space. We gave place to the enemy to come back in. We cast down that negative thought. We said, I'm going to love. I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to walk in under this depression no more. But then if we don't fill it with something else, guess what? It's going to come right back because we're giving place to the adversary to come in. It's the battlefield of our mind, and you are designed to win the battle. We've just got to know how to operate. We've got to know, okay, this is what I need to do now. But if we don't, amen, he's looking for a place to hang out. Amen. He's a squatter. Huh? And you don't want him squatting on your turf. Uh, he don't belong there, amen. He ain't supposed to be there. But you know what? If you let him in, he's going to come on in. You just, you know, you just went, went to work and left the front door wide open. That means like anybody want to come on in, come on in. No, uh-uh. You lock it down. You get the right, you get, you know, like my house. You, you, you get, if you don't have the right code, you ain't getting in. You can sit there and punch buttons all day long. You are not going to get in. Uh, but if you got the code, you get in first time every time. I'm giving the Holy Spirit the code. Uh, uh, you punch the, punch, punch the button too many times, it's going to lock everything out. Uh, hello. So we got to get there, amen, to realize that we can win this battle. Tell somebody you can win. Uh, you can take authority over this mind thing, over these emotions and these feelings, amen. Hallelujah. We, we cannot let our feelings dictate, amen, because it, it, it creates a downward spiral, amen, when it happens. You get lower and lower and lower until you get to a place to where now you call on God and he'll come by and rescue you. He'll come by to give you a breakthrough, but you don't have to go to that extent. Amen. We don't want to live our lives in instability because we're on this up and down roller coaster of our emotions. Uh, up today, down tomorrow. You know, every time the wind blows, you blow with it. You know, it's like, no, get some stability in yourself. The word of God, stand on the word. What did the word say? I know trouble going to come. He said, thinking not strange concerning these things. Amen. But he said he don't want us tossed to and fro by everything that blows our way. Every little thing, every, every time someone looks at you crazy, they don't like me. Huh? God loves me. What do they got to do with it? Oh, let's see. oh, if I can just get them to like me, amen, the sun will shine in my life. We, we get ourselves in these places, and that's not where God wants us. But it, it's a, come on, let's, let's, let's get out of that place. Let's get out of that place, amen. Because otherwise, all these things in the world, all these things around us, all our feelings, you know, we, that's why I see so, so much going on in, in marriages, so much going on in relationships. I'm not happy no more. That's your emotions feeling. You made a you made a vow, huh? I'm not happy. You know, you boring now. I'm just hello. You said for better or worse. This is one of my worst days. It'll be all right. You know, <laughs> let's just keep moving. You know, but, you know, we bail out. Amen. Think about this now. We wouldn't have been celebrating the hearts if he'd have gave up on the worst days. Uh, we all had some worse days. We wouldn't be coming up on 41 years if we did. If we we had some worst, I would have took the worst, huh? Hello, we've been through some stuff, but because of the commitment, not the emotion. See, emotion tried to get us to destroy ourselves. 
feelings tried to get us to check out. But commitment to God and to his word, amen, and, and, and walking in that understanding and yielding to his spirit, not to how I felt or how she felt at times, but yielding to his spirit got us through those emotional times. You got to know who's in control. You got to know who's in charge. And let God build the rest. Otherwise, the world, what the world says, oh, girl, just throw him away. There's plenty of plenty pebbles on the beach. Huh? Just, 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 huh? Huh? Oh, he can be replaced. Huh? Uh, and and, and that's, this is the mindset of our world. So then our, the, the society, our feelings, and our emotions become the puppet master of our lives. And we turn turning this way, and we go that way. We, we go every which way rather than letting the Holy Spirit lead us and order our steps. He says the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord. We don't want everything else to be your puppet master running you and controlling you and you ready to give up. and you No, just call on the Holy Spirit. He'll cut the strings uh, and, and set you free from all that stuff, amen, and got you bound. But you got to make up your mind. I, I surrender it to you, God. I want you to have your way. No more self-pity. No, Let's think about this. Now, if we would let emotions and feelings run our lives, how many of us would make the major decisions in our lives on the day when we're angry? Or we we depressed. Think I'll go buy a house today, you know. Or, you know, uh, you know, we 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 feeling you know rejection, so we gonna make major decisions on those. No, you don't make major decisions when you know you're an emotional wreck. When you're angry, you you wait and you sit down and you collect yourself. And now, how do we do this? Now we need to go before the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? Uh, yes, I got to count up the cost. I got to pray. I got to fast. I got to seek the, the wisdom of God before I make this decision. But too many times we make decisions based on emotions, and we have not sat down and really thought about it and prayed about it and consulted our Father. See, if we do that, we'll make good decisions. But when we, we do it based on our situation, our circumstances, and how we feel about all that, going to keep on messing up over and over again the battlefield of the mind lord what would you have me to do how would you have me to operate how can i bring every thought every plan every purpose because i'm yours my life is no more mine but it's yours god the life that i now live is not i but christ that liveth in me so everything that i do Everything that I plan, everything that I want to think about, amen, I need to run it past him. Why? Because I don't belong to me. I belong to him. Amen. So the things that I do, it will glorify him. Now, he wants to be glorified through me. So, amen, he's going he's gonna to send some blessings my way. He's going to build me up. He's going to use me, amen, to be a light, to be a witness. Amen. He's going to, you know, give me opportunities. He's going to open doors, amen, because he found somebody that can magnify him, amen, at whatever level he takes me to or you too, amen, we should be ready to magnify God. And he said, well, how did you get here? How did you achieve that? It was all God. It was all my fault. I couldn't have done it on my own. Lord knows I wouldn't be where I am without him. Oh, ain't, ain't no way. I'd probably be crazy or dead. You know, but because of God, uh, we can do great things, amen. And we need to learn how to allow him to direct our thoughts. And I learned how to give him all the glory in every situation, no matter how large or small making decisions and so forth, you know, emotions becomes a very 
core decision maker. Uh, and I know that some of us can think back in times in our lives we made some emotional decisions. You know that wasn't a good, you know that wasn't a good choice. No, no, uh-uh. we got to stop the deception. We got to bring all these things, Amen, in alignment. Otherwise, we're gonna keep on messing up, messing up. Let's stand. I'm, I'm gonna wrap this up, but we need to recognize that God knew that we would have child. How many times did He come? He came to the children of Israel. When we, when He, you know, He, he talked to us all the time, and He would tell them, "Don't be afraid." Because I'm about to tell you something that you might make you a little emotional. Think about when he came to Mary. Before he told us that she was going to be the one, he, he, he let her know, don't be afraid, Mary. Huh? I'm about to tell you something, but don't, don't be fearful. What do you mean? I never knew a man. I'm about to be. No, Mary, you know, get your emotions under control before I can. See, and that's what he's trying to tell us, amen. We got to get these feelings and these emotions under control so he can speak some great things to us. And he can lead us into some great areas. But if, but if he knows, if I tell you this and they, her emotions are still out of control, they're going to they gonna, they gonna miss it. And I'm going to be able to receive it. Because Mary listened, amen. She got everything under control. He said what? Be it unto me according to your will. Let it be so. Huh? Hallelujah. When he, before he loosed Joshua, he said, now don't be afraid. Huh? Because he said, you know what? You're about to do some great things here. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See? In other words, don't get emotional. Let's stand on the word. Let's bring our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings under control so they don't control us. Because that's when we... You know, our mind, our emotions are out of control, so we start telling our body to do crazy things. Run, Joseph. He was listening to the Spirit. Huh? He knew, uh-uh, I'm not going to let my body have his way. I'm not going to let part of his life have her way. I'm out of here because why? My life is not about me. It's about glorifying God. So I'm going to pray, amen, as we close out. And pray, amen, that as we get this thing under control. I'm going to read one more passage to you. Hallelujah. It kind of reminds me of, you know, David was a man who knew how to step back from the situation for a moment. I think about when they came back, Ziklag, I believe it was, and all their wives, children, their stuff was gone. Was in a place that he shouldn't have been, amen, about to help the enemy attack Israel, but they send him back home. He gets back, and his whole town has been raided, and everything's gone, and even the men that were with him were upset with him, amen, and wanted to kill him, amen, and they wept and wept because they lost their children and their wives until there was no more strength left in them. But then the scripture said, but David encouraged himself. He had to step back from the situation. And he had to talk to God. He said, Lord, what would you have me to do? Should I pursue uh, and recover and overtake? And the Lord told him, now that you got yourself under control, I can be with you. Uh, now you can go and pursue and recover all, which he did because God was with him because he stopped moved, being moved by his feelings. But in Psalms 42 and 5, he wrote this. He had to talk to his feelings. Say, why art thou cast down, O my soul? 
Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him for the help of his countenance. See, so when, you, when you're feeling down, you just got to talk to no, what's wrong with you? Hey, you just look in the mirror, amen, and just capture that thought. What's wrong with you? Why are you cast down? Put your hope in God. Now, see, that's the spirit talking to the mind. What's wrong with you? Put your hope in God. Uh, and let let him be the help. Let him be the one to lead us through. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads, and if you want to come forward, you're welcome to come forward. Surrender that mind. Surrender those emotions. Amen. That's just one part of your your soul that we got to get under control. We ain't even touched on the other four parts yet. Just like Lord. We thank you for your guidance, God. We thank you for your instruction. We thank you because you're sovereign. Hallelujah, Lord. And we ask you, Father, to help us to bring every thought into the captivity of Christ. Help us, Lord, as we engage in this battlefield in our mind, as we engage in renewing every thought, not being controlled, Lord, not being puppeted by our emotions and our feelings and Lord, the trends that are in the world around us that tells us how we should respond and what we should do and how we should act, Lord, but help us to call upon you. Help us to bring every thought under the captivity, every thought, God, every decision that we don't make a shipwreck of our lives, Lord, because we've let these things that you gave us to glorify you to be used against you. But help us to be like Jesus who demonstrated to us, Lord, how we could use our emotions for your glory. How he was moved by compassion and forgave the woman that was caught in the very act. How he was moved by compassion and even wept at Lazarus' tomb and called him forth. He had emotions. He demonstrated emotions. But he used them to motivate him, to propel him to do your will, to allow your heart to be seen through him. Your heart of love and your heart of compassion, your heart of mercy and forgiveness, Lord. And Lord, we pray right now, God, that we would bring our emotions in alignment with your heart. That when you're angry we would, <laughs> against the devices of the enemy, God, we will display that anger, but we won't sin. Lord, when you're feeling compassion toward our brother or sister who's struggling, God, we'll allow that compassion to flow through us that we might show it to another, God. When you had compassion upon the sick and the poor, Lord, you want that compassion and that love to flow through us. You want to use our emotions to demonstrate your love in the earth, to demonstrate your heart in these situations, God. So help us right now, Lord, to come in alignment with you. And not allow those emotions you gave us for your glory, Lord, to be the detriment of our living. We call on you now. We give you the honor. Lord, and I pray for those that have come to this altar. You know exactly where each one, you know where they are in you, God. You know exactly what they're dealing with. You know why they came. Hallelujah. And Lord, I ask you right now to speak to their hearts. Speak, hallelujah, 
in those places, to move in those places, to renew and to restore in those places. And Father, I ask you to cut the puppet strings of the enemy. Cut the strings that have controlled and manipulated, that have caused them, Lord, to be used by wrong motions and wrong feelings and wrong thoughts. We cut them now in the name of Jesus. And they yield and they surrender themselves unto you, God. Because we know you're able to do all things but fail, Lord. You order their steps. You direct their course. You speak to their heart, to their mind. Let them know the difference between you and your spirit. And the voice of the enemy. That wants them to go another way. We thank you and we praise you for victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Victory. Victory. Hallelujah. As we come into an understanding, God, victory in this area of our soul, Lord, we thank you right now as we walk it out each and every day. Show yourself strong. Show yourself glorious in the lives of your people, Lord. Every thought, every contemplation, according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.